0: Welcome to Stay Engaged 2022, everything you know and love about IAB Engage, but brought to you week by week. It's Engage, but offstage. Stay Engaged is hosted in partnership with TripleLift, the essential marketplace that offers advertising solutions for every channel and every objective. The only major supply-side exchange designed to make advertising better for everyone. Advertisers, Publishers and consumers. The ad world can be a bit like swiping through your favorite dating app. Consumers pass on brands every day due to confusing messaging or bad creative. In this week's Stay Engaged episode, join host Tyrone Stewart, senior reporter at New Digital Age, as he navigates the tricky world of brand and consumer connections with expert advice from leading matchmakers Octave Audio's Thomas McKay, Number 8's Emma Raz, Permutiv's Glenn Baker and Kim Aspelling from A Million
1: Ads. Hello, and welcome to the first, and quite possibly the last. It's a Match Show with me, your host Tyrone Stewart. I'm joined today by four of the advertising industry's leading matchmakers, who are all keen to help advertisers form long-lasting relationships with consumers. The ad world can be a bit like swiping through your favourite dating app. Consumers pass on brands every day because of terrible creative or confusing messaging. Consumers want to find a real connection with brands and engage with ads that grab their attention. This can make it difficult for brands to find a way to enter into a perfect partnership with consumers. But with that in mind, Permitiv, Number 8, Octave Audio and A Million Ads are each here to give you a few minutes of advice on how you can connect with consumers and get them to commit to you. Our first contestant for today is from Permitiv, so I'd like to welcome Glenn Baker, Client Partner. Hi, Tom. All right, so first of all,
2: how do you get to know your audience while focusing on maintaining their privacy? I think it's all about relationships. I think the best way to get to know an audience while protecting privacy is to really have a first-party relationship or work with people who do have that first-party relationship. And that means not pinning your hopes on a match on what others or third parties are saying about your consumer because that information could be outdated, could be unreliable, could be from unethical sources. Instead, build your relationship and an understanding of consumers as a brand, and then to scale that out, build a relationship with publishers who have a one-to-one connection with the consumers that you're trying to reach. Those first-party relationships are the strongest of all, so they respect and preserve user privacy by only telling you what you need to know about the consumer rather than everything about them, so tracking them around the web and leaking their sensitive data in the process. So find your match using data that's collected as part of that one-to-one connection because that data is the richest, it's the most accurate, and as a result, it's the most valuable data that's out there. So publish your first-party data. tells us about the passions people have, how engaged they are, their intent, and it tells us this like really in the moment via tech that can pick up behavioural signals in, in like milliseconds and across every browser. Brilliant.
1: So where does the industry's love of third-party cookies stand in this newfound relationship? Well,
2: the industry has operated on third-party cookies for, what, over a decade now? But it's come... Well, at the expense of consumer privacy and that's really impacted their trust in advertising a pew research study showed that 79 percent of consumers are concerned about the way companies are using their data now and there was a deloitte study recently that showed that 78 percent of consumers believe that companies are responsible for protecting their data and you can't build relationships and broken trust and it's no longer just about third-party cookies because as brands will tell you privacy has rewritten the rules of digital advertising and I'll probably break that down a little bit for you, because that's a big statement. Regulatory changes and broken consumer trust have forced the ad ecosystem to evolve. Platforms and browsers are continuously making updates. You just look at the Apple asking their consumers to opt in for tracking across app in the mobile ecosystem. And in Europe now, publishers are implementing this reject-all button for consumers, giving them like a really clear yes or no choice when sharing data for advertising. So Being responsible with consumer data to restore consumer trust is really fundamental to those relationships that we spoke about a little bit earlier. And protecting privacy is now non-negotiable, I would say. We firmly believe that evolving from a web where data is open for anyone and everyone to use to a responsible web where user consent and data security is foundational will lead to a consumer experience that is built on trust. And that will benefit both brands and publishers and brands can responsibly activate audiences without any third-party access to personal data publishers create and hold on to their value and brands can build direct relationships with publishers to access privacy safe publisher cohorts which are just descriptions of groups of users built from consented first-body data and they are the future of targeting and digital advertising
1: brilliant thanks glenn right, next up we hear from emma raz director of commercial at number eight hi there emma
3: hey daron how are you doing
1: very good how are you
3: pretty good, good. yeah
1: All right, let's dive in. So, how can behavioural data make a more desirable campaign?
3: I will try to answer it, and to answer it, I will start by quoting a phrase we probably have all heard at some point in our life, and it is, we are what we do, not what we say we do. Now, why is that? Why why are actions more powerful than words? Why are words easy? Why is behavioural information so pivotal? Well... If we look at research, it's known that there is a natural bias that comes with asking people who they are because they often will opt in to answer the way that you would want to be presented rather than actually how they truly behave and what they truly need. That is known as basically a self-identification bias and it's a known fact within research. If we try to apply the same logic to the world of advertising. So observed behaviours have always been more accurate than any other methodology of how to understand what the user is really looking for, because they're truly aiming to look at their current needs and their current behaviour. Now, if we apply this to campaign design, it almost seems obvious why behaviour ...is much stronger than softer data such as someone liked a page on Facebook a few years ago... ...or they answer a question in a panel and trying to apply this information to what they need right now. Even demographic data it tends to be misused and abused and is not always the most accurate data to act upon. Being relevant doesn't mean only staying on the good side of users though that is as important as many other aspects. However, relevancy has proven to have significant increase of the likelihood of listeners actually remembering, recalling and acting upon an ad. After all, with so much information being thrown at us at any given moment, it's only natural that our brain will filter out anything that is unrelevant for us. That means that only the relevant information filters through our unconscious mind to our conscious mind That is the only ad that's then a chance to make an impact on the way that we, well, to make an impact on us, to make sure that we remember it and to make sure that we then have a chance to act upon it.
1: So I just want to follow up on that. Why are privacy-first personalised experiences the best way to find a mate?
3: That's a fun question. And I will start by doing an imagination exercise, a guided imagination exercise, and I want everyone hopefully listening, to try to close their eyes and imagine they're on a date with other of the two people. The first one, a certified stalker who's spending the last week following you around. The second one is someone who's actually paying attention to what you're saying and doing during the date. Now, the third is probably making you want to run for the hills and leave that date really early. And the second might cause you to imagine a spring wedding in the countryside, or at least a potential long-term relationship. The best example of how this feeling manifests itself within the world of ads is the misuse of demo data, as it often is misused. A classic example is of diaper companies and formula companies targeting women in their late 20s to 40s with babies-related ads. Now, I can say from personal experience, You often feel quite judged by it because just because I'm a woman of a certain age, you're expecting me to have kids or want to have kids. Why are you making a judgment over my life or why are you assuming this is what I need? It can get quite personal, quite insulting, quite judgmental and often quite a negative experience. A second example is imagine that you liked a Lamborghini page or a Lamborghini content a year ago, two years ago. And now you're constantly seeing ins- car insurance ads. One have to wonder, how long are they keeping this data for? Who are they selling this data to? And how accurate is it really is for personally, or let's imagine this person, might have liked this content, but prefer to take public transportation and has no inclination of ever buying a car and therefore has no use for car insurance. Now, Instead of this, we can imagine that we would target the diaper and formula ads only at parents of your kids, people that actually have kids, regardless of their gender. And we target the car insurance ad to vehicle owners or people that ve- like use vehicles quite often while they're driving. Now, this is a whole new experience and a much more relevant and private one. The key difference is a good listener looks at what you're doing within the environment you're at and keeping the data contained instead of passing it along and sharing it with everyone and kind of following you around. A stalker try to collect data from all kind of sources and make a lot of assumptions on you.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, Emma. Now I'd like to welcome Tom McKay, Head of Product and Strategy at Octave. Welcome, Tom.
4: Hi, how's it going?
1: Good, good, good. Let's kick off with... Your first question, why should brands form close relationships with publishers and publisher related platforms?
4: I think that's a really interesting question. I'd like to pick up on that phrase relationships that you used. It's really apt way of describing how audio publishers and their audiences interact with each other. For me, audio is an incredibly personal medium for a user to consume and you're really listening on your way home through headphones and you've got an incredible connection that the audience has chosen to listen to and devote time to your content really. Tying this into the brand relationships, I see it as a kind of a two-way street. Audio publishers and the publisher-related platforms know their audience and the value they provide, while brands know who they want to reach and how they want to reach them, essentially. A business such as Octave Audio provides a connection between the two and becomes that kind of matchmaker that you kind of referenced earlier. To capitalize on this kind of personal relationship with the audience, there has to be a real element of trust, which... Is kind of key to any successful relationship, really. For the brand, you want to know the audiences you're buying are real and addressable using the publisher-owned first-party data, a transparent, a full list of the stations of podcasts where you're going to run and effective to provide real brand lift or an action that can be measured. And for the listener, you want to hear relevant, high-quality advertising that doesn't really disrupt the content you're engaging with. So how powerful is this publisher
1: first-party data in creating that connection with consumers that brands are looking for?
4: Incredibly powerful. We're a business whose core principle and message is let's get you heard by the right people. And leveraging our unique first party audiences really allows us to do just that. What's really interesting is the data itself is not just used for the execution of a campaign, but we actually utilize it with a planning as well. So say you're a FMCG brand watching to reach parents. We look at our predefined passionate parent segment built from our first party audiences collected across our range of brands such as The Times, Grazia, Mother and Baby and many more. We then see that index is against our other first-party audiences, where we can see, for example, the top five are people interested in auctions, cooking enthusiasts, musicians, healthcare, and holidays. We take that, look at what other segments those interests index highly, and build a custom distribution plan accordingly. And this really allows the brand to unlock relevant audiences they require, discover new ones, and keep that all-important reach and scale.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, Dom. And last but not least, I would like to welcome Kim who is director of creative production at a million ads welcome kim how are you today
5: hi thanks so much for having me
1: cool so why should brands embrace dynamic audio
5: So brands who invest in audio are already halfway to success. I mean, we've kind of spoken a little bit about it here today. Tom just mentioned it. It really showcases that when you're investing in audio, you're embracing that intimacy and that connection that we have with the listener. However, like I said, that is just half the job because the intimate audio message is exactly the same for every single person. So that's hardly very romantic, is it? By investing in dynamic audio, not only do you get that same scale you get that same reach but actually every single message is tailored to the listener so you're getting more value from every single ad that you serve so dynamic audio allows you to talk to different audiences taking into consideration the context of where they are which is so important we don't want to just be utilizing data that we know about people without actually thinking about how and when they're listening to the ad we use data signals like you know weather, location, time of day, time of week to form a more personal and memorable connection with the listener. So this means that brands actually get a better return on their investment and of course more effective and creative brand stories which is essentially what we're there to do right.
1: So how can dynamic audio tap into those moments whilst respecting listener privacy?
5: So one of our roles at A Million Ads is to really help brands through how they can leverage that appetite for personalization, but in a respectful way using first-party data. Now, often when people hear about dynamic audio for the first time, they imagine the most obvious use cases for dynamics, such as in the ad creative stating that it's a sunny day in London, and so we want you to go out there and buy some ice cream. However, subtly, the role of our subconscious when it comes to purchasing decisions is often way more powerful. So, you know, when you're shopping in a supermarket, you're more likely to buy French wine when French music is playing and German wine when German music is playing without even realizing that this purchasing behavior is all being shaped by our subconscious. So when it comes to dynamic, we can, of course, take the literal route if the creative idea and concept is around that. However, we can do a lot more when it comes to subtlety. So playing an ad that mentions I cream when it's hot without actually going into detail about the fact that it's a sunny day for example this way the listener will feel as if it's a really relatable and useful ad however they won't feel like their privacy has been invaded because it's unlikely that they would even realize that it was a dynamic ad in the first place
1: thanks kim so there you have it preventing consumers from swiping left on your brand is all about delivering a multi-layered campaign that is relevant and personalised while respecting their privacy. Finding your perfect match isn't easy, but using these tips will go a long way toward helping you find that lasting collection with the people you're targeting.
0: You're listening to Stay Engaged from IAB UK. Thank you for tuning in to this offstage audio session and thanks to our partners at Triple Lift. If you've enjoyed this session, please share it and tag at IAB UK on Twitter or Instagram subscribe wherever you're listening to hear the rest of the stay engaged sessions and for the regular iab uk podcast in the next stay engaged offstage session emily roberts co-founder of the women in programmatic network and senior associate at pwc is joined by louise watson practice director from propeller group to discuss what needs to change in order to stop letting parents down in the industry that's next on stay engaged